This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hey, I'm Brett Podolsky, co-founder of The Farmer's Dog. We make fresh food for dogs. We started the company when we saw what a huge difference it made in my own dog, Jada, when she stopped eating ultra-processed kibble and started eating fresh, whole food. The Farmer's Dog food isn't fancy. It's just real food delivered to your door in pre-portioned packs. It's better for them and easier for you. Get 50% off your first box at thefarmersdog.com slash podcast. That's thefarmersdog.com slash podcast. At Alma, we know the connection between you and your therapist matters. But if you're already feeling stressed and burnt out, the idea of trying to find a therapist you really connect with can be overwhelming. That's why Alma's focused on helping you find the right therapist for you. When you browse their online directory, you can filter by the qualities that are most important to you. Then book free 15-minute consultations with any therapist you're interested in seeing. And because 95% of therapists at Alma accept insurance, you can find care that's affordable too. You want to talk to someone, but not just anyone. Alma is there to help you find the right fit. Visit helloalma.com slash therapy30 to schedule a free consultation today. That's helloalma.com slash therapy30. It's time. Time for silver and black today. To the ground game. Touchdown Las Vegas. We're breaking down the latest Raider news from on and off the field and bringing you conversations with newsmakers and record breakers. So hold on, Raider Nation. It's time to get it on. Here's your host, Scott Goldbranson and Mo Moulton. Welcome back. Silver and Black today, an Odyssey original podcast. This is our weekly mailbag edition. Thanks for being with us. It is... Your humble hosts, Scott Branson and Mo Moten, back with you here talking everything Las Vegas Raiders football. We appreciate you guys being with us. Mo, I love the the the, the mailbag show. We have only done one since the car decision. We kind of wrapped it in last week. Uh, so we got some more car email. We also have some people who have some pretty choice things to say to us just in general. I'll read those too. I'm t- I've taken out the expletives. But I will read those as well because some of them are pretty funny. But uh, we'll get into that. Uh, but but you ready for these questions now, man? Ready for the mailbag? You mean, you mean everyone is not calling us uh, great people who cover the Raiders and fantastic uh, no. hosts? No. Okay. Correct. Yeah. No. No. They 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 have yeah. other na- they have other names for us and yeah. other je- and other hand gestures as well. So we'll talk about that. But we're going to get into the first question, right? Oh, by the way, before we start, if you like the podcast, if you just like it a little bit. I know most of you love it, and we thank you for that. Aw, shucks. But if you like it a little bit, just subscribe to it wherever you get your podcast. doesn't matter where you listen, what kind of device you're on, you're in your car, you're working out, whatever you're doing, just hit the auto-download button, subscribe, and make sure you get it. That way, every time we push a show like this week, this is Friday, as we talked to you today, we delayed the show, uh, uh, obviously, because of the incident earlier in Cincinnati this week. We just delayed it by day. So you have a show Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, and then we're live tomorrow night after the game. Well, for some of you, late afternoon, evening. 
Uh, but we will be live after the Chiefs game, Murph, Evan, and I on our post-game show. So make sure you do that. And if you subscribe there on YouTube as well, you can watch us. All right, Mo, let's jump in right now. And to start with, we have one of our most fervent mailers, our guy, Gary Harkinreader. Gary Harkinreader, uh, of course, writes into the show all the time. We appreciate Gary, Gary, very much. He donated some awesome uh, uh, vintage Raider books that we're passing on to Raider Dad for charity. Awesome. So it's awesome. So we like to always mention that when we talk about Gary. But here's Gary. And, of course, it has to do a little bit with Derek Carr, just a little bit. It says... Um, that he was surprised by the Raider performance. I thought for sure the Raiders would get shut out. One game does not a starter make, but Stidham certainly may have sealed Carr's fate. It could all hinge on his play against the Chiefs. So Gary still thinks there's a chance there that Derek Carr sticks around. He says if Raiders keep Carr, they will restructure, renegotiate his contract. There would be an open quarterback competition. Carr being a backup would eliminate the need to draft a quarterback this year. The Raiders could use that pick for defense. Keeping Carr as a backup would also allow Carr to retire a Raider, and that's from Gary. Mo, from what we heard David Carr say on the NFL Network, I don't think there's, with all due respect, Gary, I don't think there's any chance, Mo, that that happens whatsoever. Yeah, I don't think that's happening. I've said it on a previous show. I think David says a lot of things that Derek isn't willing to say publicly. Mm. So, again, Derek Carr, as we've known him, he's not going to speak out against anybody that's wearing a Raider mm. uniform or working for the Raider organization. That's just who he is. That's the way his loyalty runs. Um, I think David has been the spokesperson, spokesperson for him, which has rubbed you the wrong way. Mm-hmm. And I think based on what David has said, Derek is ready to just move on. Uh, I, I don't think he's going to, and I brought this up on, I believe it was Thursday show. I don't think he's going to make it super difficult for the Raiders to trade him. If he likes a place and that place wants him for his salary, I think a deal gets done. But there mm-hmm. is the possibility that, that uh, Derek Carr is cut. I just want to, before I go off on a tangent, I just want to say that weeks ago or a month ago, I said there's no way the Raiders cut Derek Carr for cap space, and I stick to that. But if Derek Carr makes things difficult and mm-hmm. gives them no choice but to cut him, then that's what they have to do. But to answer Gary, I don't think there's any chance right now. I think that ship is sailed. I, I think both sides are just looking toward moving in, op- in opposite directions, different different directions, because I don't want to say this is an irreparable relationship because you never mm-hmm. say never. But I think with the way, as you said, Jared Stidham has played, who knows, maybe the Raiders have a, an idea of what they want in free agency or in a draft. I, I think it's just they're they're going to part ways. Yeah, I agree 100%. And, and here's my question for you, though, Mo, because Gary does bring up a good point, <clears throat> which I've heard other Raider fans talk about, which is like, hey, if Stidham works out and you, I mean, again, it's going to be off two games. I don't know if two games is enough to say this is our guy for the rest of eternity. I, I joke, but you know what I'm saying? This is our guy moving forward for our franchise quarterback. If that's the case, and then you, let's say they do go out. We talked about on yesterday's show, the, 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 the case for Tom Brady coming in and playing for the Raiders. If they were to do something, Tom Brady, Jimmy Garoppolo, uh, maybe maybe one of those veteran quarterbacks to come in, um, then, and Jared Stidham is a backup because he's done well as your number two, and you don't draft a quarterback, the Raiders there are in an interesting position to me, Mo, because if you bring in Tom Brady and he recruits other guys, as we talked about scenario yesterday, and you get the roster in a really good shape where it's making the playoffs next year, and you have Brady and you have Stidham, what do you do five years down the road? 
Like, who's your quarterback? So then you're back to basically the same position you're in. Yes, you're winning instead, but you still don't have your long-term franchise quarterback if Stidham is not that guy. That's a good question. I will say I'm not in these GM head coaching rooms, but I'm pretty sure if you bring in Tom Brady, you're not worried about five years down the line. You're thinking, <laughs> I got to win to save my backside now. Yeah. Because we'll, we'll worry about the other stuff later. We'll worry about 2025, 2026 down the line. But to your point, yeah, if they get Tom Brady, then you square one once he steps away from the game in one or two years. So you, mm-hmm. in a sense, you're back to square one. But I think that, again, if you're bringing in a Tom Brady, it's about now. And yeah. this yeah. goes to my point about, about people saying, well, Derek Carr is being, and I said, I didn't like that term for it, for it because I like the, I guess like the term sacrificial lamb. Yeah. Sort of in a sense, even though that may be a synonym because even you know, Derek is, pl- is paying the immediate consequence of being you know, shipped out. We assume, I think Josh McDaniels is still going to feel heat. So there's a delayed sure. consequence for him where I think he's going to have a much shorter leash. So if the Raiders start off 0-5 next year, I think there's a possibility Mark Davis says, we, you're not you're not a head coach in this league. You're right. an offensive coordinator. We need to do something. We need to pivot. So I think Josh McDaniels is going to be under a lot of pressure, which brings up the whole Tom Brady discussion. Who's the guy you're going to trust to save your butt when, you're on the, <laughs> when it's on the hot seat? Yeah. And it's the guy you've worked with for 13 but, years in New England. But, but he is he is the coach. He's not the GM, right? The GM has to make that. I mean, yes, the coach has obviously strong influence. They're very close to one another. It's gonna take it's gonna take some astronomical bad bad play for Zay, Dave Ziegler to fire his buddy. I mean, let's face it, that's true. Fans have said that, and I agree with them. Unless Mark Davis, to your point, if you go 0 and 5 to start the season, yeah. It, no brainer. I mean, you can't defend that. I don't because then you start worrying about your own job. And as much as he's your buddy, you want you you want to be out of a job too, your first GM <laughs> job, and then you're not going to get another one again. So so I get that piece exactly. of it too. Very very good points. Uh, and, and so to me that that's the thing is the win now. He's got to kind of win now, but at the same time, uh, if that's the case, and, and maybe just maybe. And again, I'm not playing in this. This is not my belief set. I'm just I'm just compla- uh, just playing devil's advocate here. Maybe they really believe three, four years down the road that Jared Stidham is the guy. Even if you go get Tom Brady now, maybe they think, well, you know what? Yeah, he could play now, but I need to win now. So I'm going to go get Tom Brady for a year or two. Uh, and But what we see from Stidham against the Chiefs tomorrow on Saturday, maybe, maybe they already believe it. Well, I mean, they brought him here. They did. And this is this goes back to my point, and I know fans are not going to want to hear this, and they're going to plug their ears and go, la, 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 I don't want to hear this. But <laughs> to, to add a solution to your question, what do they do four or five years down the line, this is why I suggest that an outside-of-the-box thought is they bring in Mac Jones because yeah. you can keep him beyond two to three years. He's not going to retire, you know. Correct. We assume he's a young, he's a young guy. He's still in the early stages. So yeah. you can win games with him now because – because the Patriots did that with him. Josh McDaniels did that with him in New England. Patriots were 10-7 and seven with Josh McDaniels calling the plays for Mac Jones. Mac Jones is a pro bowler. So while people poo-poo Mac Jones is trash, Mac Jones is garbage, <laughs> as I reiterate, he has Dirty. a former defensive coordinator. He has a former defensive coordinator calling <laughs> plays for him. What do you expect? 
He's yeah. a young quarterback who doesn't have an experienced offensive coordinator, play caller. So, of course, he was going to take a step back. I wrote mm-hmm. countless articles about this this past offseason that the Patriots coaching situation. There was mm-hmm. a report, I believe, on Tuesday that Robert Kraft is not happy with the play calling situation. So they know they have to fix something. They know even though the Patriots offense doesn't look good, it's not all on Mac Jones. Just like we say, it's yeah. not all on Derek Carr, but Correct. they have a much more. They don't even have an offensive play caller on staff. So before yeah. you poo poo Mac Jones is being trash, let's just remember he played pretty well under Josh McDaniels. Sure. People still won't listen. All right, they we're going <laughs> to. That was our first question. Gary, we appreciate it. We're going to take a quick break. When we come back, we're going to get back to your questions. You're listening to the weekly Raider Nation mailbag show here, Silver and Black Today in Odyssey Original Podcast. Don't go anywhere. Knowing how to speak and understand a new language can be an invaluable tool when traveling, meeting new friends, or just even to master a new skill. But it's not always simple when you're bogged down by textbooks and structure classes. That's why so many people trust Rosetta Stone. Rosetta Stone is the most trusted language learning program available on desktop or as an app. It truly immerses you in the language you want to learn, like Spanish, French, Italian, Chinese, and more. You won't just be studying English translations. The Rosetta Stone intuitive process helps you pick up a language naturally, first with words, then phrases, then sentences. Don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com rs10. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com rs10 today. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Welcome back. Happy Friday, Raider Nation. It is the Raider Nation mailbag with Scott and Mo here on Silver and Black today, an Odyssey original podcast. If you don't already subscribe to the podcast, please do us that favor wherever you get your podcast. Just find it, subscribe, turn on the auto download. That way it's pushed to you every time. We've had shows Wednesday, Thursday, and now Friday, and then we will have our live show after the game tomorrow, Raiders versus Chiefs. Okay, Mo, let's jump back in. We got a great long email. I can't read it all on the air but our longtime listener, Frank Diftari, shared his story about some workplace, some personal struggles. I want Frank, I want you to know we we both read it. We understand it. And God bless you, man. Thank you so much. But I'm gonna I'm gonna shorten this and get to the point for the for the listeners out there, which is you talked a lot about your life and your workplace and how you've worked in toxic environments and what it did to you. And so that was related to Derek Carr. And you mentioned this question. You talked about Mark Davis. And how that the Raider organization, just like David Carr asserted, and he was right, has been very dysfunctional, not only since Al Davis died and Mark Davis took over, but even before that in Al Davis's final years when he was not uh, completely healthy, things seemed to fall apart a little bit. And so Frank asked this question, Mo. He says, do you actually ever think that the Raiders will have an elite organization with Mark Davis? Uh, and his point there is... Uh, do you think the Raiders 
can ever win with the way the franchise has been run? And it's a valid and a good question. Uh, and so I'll let you start on that one, knowing what we know now with not only Mark Davis still as the owner, but who he has in place to run the franchise on a day-to-day basis. And that, of course, is Dave Ziegler and Josh McDaniels. So I'm getting up there in age, but I seem to remember an emailer. She uh, asked the question about why is it basically why isn't Mark Davis getting enough uh, blame for how the Raiders mm-hmm. have mm-hmm. been dysfunctional over the past few years, several years. And I say because, you know, the owner's not going nowhere. He he can only fire himself. No one can fire him. <laughs> right. uh, but to answer the emailer, I will say that it's going to be different. Mark Davis hasn't. I'll say hasn't made the best football decisions as far as logistically getting the Raiders to Vegas. Great business-wise. Great. But hiring, I mean, you can't blame him for John Gruden having to resign. That was on, you know, he's kind of thrown under a bus in an investigation. So who knew that was going to happen? The Raiders were kind of minimally improving, but it took a while. But Gruden's, his his draft picks and giving, giving Gruden full autonomy to me was the mistake. Right. And now you're you're hoping that Mark Davis is able to step away and let the football guys handle th- things. So right now your hope is that Mark Davis hired the right people. Yeah. And so far it's fair to doubt if he hired the right people because we don't know. We have criticized Josh McDaniels, and we and to this point, I don't think Josh McDaniels. You can say Josh McDaniels is a good head coach. Right. Five blown leads in the second half. That's not all their card. That's a lot of that. That's on Josh McDaniels. So right. To this point, we have to question Mark Davis's hiring and is he putting the right football minds in place to get this organization in tip-top shape? And I, I will say, I will never say never that this organization will never be a world-class organization because you know things change, things can change in a matter of a year. But Mark Davis hasn't given us a reason to give him the benefit of the doubt. Yeah. And I go back and forth on this because I see both points. I see, to your point about Mark Davis, the move to Las Vegas, the the increase in value of the franchise, it's in a much better financial mm-hmm. position than it's ever yes. been in the history of the franchise. So I get that piece of it. I also look at the, actually the Derek Carr situation as a piece of progress because supposedly Mark Davis let his football people decide. In the past, we know, and Mark Davis admitted last year that, hey, you know, I'm finally letting people do what they're supposed to. I was I was meddling a little too much. And he admitted that. And he said, now I'm letting the football people do it. Now, he did that with John Gruden, and it really screwed his team because the drafts were terrible, and that's why you see the Raiders in the position they are right now. So so he didn't make a good decision there. John Gruden was his, his uh, um, kind of holy grail of people to run the organization, uh, and it turns out that that was a bad choice, not because of the email thing, that's separate, but just because of how the football operation was run. Then you have the situation with Ziegler and, and McDaniels, and I agree with you, we don't know yet where they're at. So, so the question then becomes, can Mark Davis do it? Can he pick the right people? And the answer is, it, the jury is out. If he doesn't do it this time, then I would tell you, I don't think there's much of a chance of it ever happening because... He's, he said he's self-evolved, he's gotten better and all this kind of stuff. But if you can't choose good people and you can't read people and you don't have, or you don't turn it over to somebody completely different than you, meaning that the owner is basically a completely hands-off owner, doesn't hire the GM, doesn't hire the president, 
which not many owners do, but there there are a couple organizations that do that in sports. If you're that kind of owner, then maybe. But if not, it's it's hard to say, Mo, because it, it you just have to go on these years and years of history. If if McZig flops, Josh yeah. McDaniels and Dave Zucker, if this tandem flops, Mark Davis is going to have to get some other people in his ear and help and to help him make decisions because you at this point you move off of Derek Carr, you waste good years of Devontae Adams, Max Crosby. Mm-hmm. This is what happens with Darren Waller and Hunter Renfro, but. You ha- it's not like the Raiders don't have good players on their roster. They should be winning a lot more games than they have been. Correct. So you you look at the coaching, and that's that's the next thing. The coaching and the setup of the team, which Jim is in charge, the free agent signings, the re-signings, the, the draft. If you don't hit, if the Raiders don't hit on some of their draft picks, premium draft picks and free agents, that's a huge problem. That's a huge red, red flag. It, it is a it, it is and and so I the, you I always say this too in conversations with my buddies when we're hanging out and watching whatever it's baseball basketball football and that is you cannot I don't care what coach you hire what GM you hire you can't overcome bad ownership I mean your your beloved Knicks are a great example of that correct uh, <laughs> <laughs> yes <laughs> along with some I mean listen the the Lions seem to be getting better but the Fords. They might make good cars. I don't know. But I can tell you that that has been a disastrous ownership. They have not won ever. There's there's great examples of bad owners. <laughs> They've even chased some out of the NFL for racial issues, for sexual harassment, all this kind of stuff. We still have one, obviously, in Washington that's like that. But nonetheless, you have bad owners. Um, and when you have a bad owner, just like if you have a bad run business, they tend not to stay in business. Now, the NFL is different because there's just money pouring in all the time. But if Mark Davis can't be the CEO that picks the right people to run the organization, then yeah, then then you're you're screwed. But Frank, I want to tell you again. Go ahead. Really quick, Scott. Just look yeah. at the recent Super Bowl teams that that have won. Yeah. The Rams, the Patriots, the Eagles, the Chiefs. Do you see chaos? Never. Up above ownership front office. Nope. No. Other than other than other than unspoken things happening at massage parlors. No. I got into the Patriots digging. <laughs> got to dig at the Patriots. No, you got you got you had to you had to make sure you you specifically excluded football from that question. But anyway, yeah. that's yeah. where I. But but Frank Deftari, thank you, man. We appreciate you writing in as well. Here's uh, another one, and this one, Mo, you're going to like too, because uh, this is from uh, this is sorry, Jonathan. Jonathan says you guys are terrible. So he starts with a compliment. We are, and he says. Yeah, he says, Mo is a closet Jets fan and Scott is a Charger fan. This is the worst show I've ever seen. That's Jonathan. Thanks, Jonathan. But you know what's funny? If for for the worst show, he's at least he's seen it he's, because And he's writing us. He also tweeted yeah, at so, us. But he also he took the time to write. So Jonathan, I'm gonna I'm gonna look right in the camera at you. I'm gonna give you a little eye. We love you, buddy. You know you love us. You know you love yeah, us. Yeah, he does. But I mean, if you I, hate I don't know if you like us, like us. You... Yeah. If you hate something, why why do you spend so much time on it? And there are things that I hate. I know I ate mint chip ice cream on the show. <laughs> I I despise it. I know I mm. ate it on the show, but I, after that, I, I have spent zero time eating mint chip ice yeah. cream. So yeah, whoever yeah. sent that, I appreciate you because you're tuning in still, and that's a good thing. That's a good thing. It's just really funny though because. Um, when you watch this show, we 
don't do any like fan stuff. Like, like, and, and my, I'm, I've been open since the day I got on the air. The fact that I grew up a Chargers fan, right? Which some people, it was a non sequitur. They never listened again. I'm like, okay, whatever. I, I, I'm objective. I'm not here. And I always tell people, go back six years, go listen to every single show. You can find them all online. Tell me if you ever find me being a Charger fan, if you ever find me doing anything that would give you any inclination that I was a Charger fan. In fact, I've been more critical of them than anything. Okay. Because their owners are terrible. So that's what's funny about that stuff to me is they're, I, they're quick insults and I get it because because if some people don't know the situation, then, oh, I'm not going to listen. Because especially with all the great fan and we, we have Murph on our postgame show. Murph is fan media and he's really, really good. He is a fan. But there are some fans who only want to watch other fans. And that's fine. I got no problem with that. But we've always been, I mean, Mo, you're a professional working writer for Bleacher Report, Sports Not. Your job is to be objective. Your job, even if you loved the Raiders like you do, and you'd never know it. And that's the way it should be. You should never know it. And yes, occasionally I'll wear a Raider hat because I got it when I was on Raider Nation Radio and I have shirts and all this kind of stuff. I'll wear that occasionally, but I'm never going to rah, rah, rah. So it's funny that people take the time to tell you that they don't like your content. Whereas I know there's plenty of content I don't like. I just don't watch it. I, I, it's not for me. It doesn't mean it's bad. It's just not for me. I'll just say I'm not wearing green and white here. I've noticed I'm wearing black and gray, <laughs> black and silver. Just saying when I'm on this show, I'm either wearing all black, black and gray, never, never wearing green, but I will say this. I will put this out there. And I think fans, if, Fans who've been or listeners who've been following me for years know that I grew up in a family that of Jets fans. Yes. I'm in New York City. So we don't we didn't get Raider games out here. So no. my family would gather and they would watch the Jets over the Giants. Yeah. So I grew up watching, yes, I grew up watching a lot of Jet games. I have a, obviously a soft spot for them. I mean, just like Evan Grote is a Raider fan. His wife, as you mentioned in a previous show, is a Bill fan. I'm sure he has a soft spot for the Bills because his wife and his so, kids. Right. And his kids. So with my family, they love the Jets. So I, you know, I just see them happy. I grew up watching the Jets a lot, but I did not grow up a Jets fan just to set the record record straight. And that's the interesting thing about fandom, because when the Derek Carr stuff happened and and there were a couple fair rebukes that I received online when I was telling fans to just chill out. And a couple of the fans told me, don't tell me how to fan. And they were right. I was wrong. Right. Because when you're a fan, you're going to do what you're going to do. If if you get ridiculously insulting or something, that's different. But I'm just talking about how they want to react. It's they were right. I was wrong completely, 100 percent. And so but yet you have Raider fans who say that. But then they will say, like, well, how do you root for that team? I was like, well, wait wait a minute. You're you're telling people how they can root for their teams. You're doing exactly what you tell people not to do when you talk about the Raiders. So, so uh, yes, I, I agree with that. Um, and again, I just love that they watch. In fact, it goes back to something, and I haven't listened to him in years, but it goes back to something Howard Stern said. And Howard said, listen, the reason I got to be as big as I was was because so many people hated me. <laughs> and he said, I loved it because every time I went to the bank and saw my account increase, <laughs> it was because of those people that hated me. So how could I hate them? I love them. Right now, of course, we don't make Howard Stern money, of course, but at the same time, it, it is what it is. But Jonathan, thanks, man. Thanks for writing in. We appreciate, we appreciate you, you anyway. 
We yes. do appreciate you. Absolutely. All right. Let's get off to our next um, email, if I can pull it up here. Uh, and this is from Rick. Rick is in Dallas, Texas. Rick says, I was okay moving on with Derek Carr, but again, I'm very upset with the way the organization handled it. I think when you have a player who's there almost a decade, they deserve to be sent off in a much more respectful way. That's Rick in Dallas, Texas. And, and Mo, we talked about this on yesterday's show. When you're going to bench a guy with the purpose of basically getting rid of him at the end of the year. And we heard from the story that we talked about on yesterday's show, uh, Vinny Bonsignor wrote about how the Raiders had decided within several weeks after the beginning of the season that they wanted to move on from Derek Carr. I don't know how you do it more respectfully. I made this point on Twitter on Tuesday, and I would like to hear from Derek Carr how he feels. Because mm. we're hearing from other people, third parties, his his family members, we haven't heard from Derek Carr how he feels about how the situation went down. And I think we won't know how that how he felt until his career may be set and done, because I doubt he's going to get up to the podium with his next team and talk <laughs> about how the Raiders treated him. Correct. But I will say this. I, I just want to make a quick point about this. Derek Carr is not being done the dirtiest of players that have been traded or moved on from. Think of it this way, right? How many quarterbacks, how many players in the NFL on a trade? Mm -hmm. So Derek Carr has a no trade clause. They gave him that no trade clause. In a sense, I think that's the, that's the, look, if we decide to move on, we're giving you the freedom, the liberty to pick your next job destination. How many people in the world could say, yeah, my job moved on from me, but they allowed me to possibly keep my salary at a different job. Like I said, if you want to keep it to NFL sportsmen, how many quarterbacks have a no trade clause and they get to pick their next destination? At least they gave Derek Carr that, that, okay, we're, we don't want you, but you can pick wherever you want to go and we'll try to work with you on this. Yeah. So the fact, so to say that he's been treated the worst to me, again, is blown way out of proportion because I've watched Eli Manning. I've watched some, some guys fade out and, they don't, I mean, of course, they're at the end of their careers, but even guys in the middle of their careers, in their prime, or just had a down year, how many of them got to pick where they want to play next on a no-trade clause? Some of them just Correct. got shipped wherever <clears throat> they, wherever the team wants to ship them, that's where they're getting shipped. And to your point, to the to the email's point, Derek Carr is going to have his time in the silver and black sun. It just won't be now. It, they're worried about the business side of it. He will eventually get the respect and gratitude that he deserves from the Raiders fans, from the Raiders organization. I, I don't doubt that. No, I, I believe that to be 100% true as well as, 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 lo as well as he'll, as, as long as he wants to participate, excuse me. Um, but I also just bring up a point we made yesterday, which is he's not retiring. He's going to go play somewhere. They might face him on the field. So you don't honor a guy that might come kick your ass later or, <laughs> or vice versa or vice versa. Um, and so you don't do that, you know, like Joe Montana left the 49ers and he went to the chiefs. They didn't do a big long goodbye to Joe Montana. He played his last game. Everybody kind of knew it was. And then later on he came back, of course, and they honored him. Uh, and I, and I look at this situation. It's, it's the same kind of thing. He's not retiring. Now, if he was retiring and they benched him the yes. final two games, I'd be a hundred percent. This is disrespectful because right. you're not making right. the playoffs, right? 
And even if you were on the, statistically alive to make the playoffs, you still go with the guy because, you know, he's he's been there and he's your most veteran quarterback. But but this is a whole different situation. I just want to bring up a quick story. My One of my editors, Wes O'Donnell, who works with Bleacher Report, is a diehard Giants fan. Mm-hmm. To this day, he cannot stand Geno Smith. Why? Because... <laughs> Geno Smith was the guy that Ben McAdoo inserted into the lab. Remember, Eli Manning had a had a streak of how many games he played consecutively. Yeah, they broke that streak for Geno Smith. And this is when Eli Manning was going downhill. Yeah, there were so many Giants fans that felt that was disrespectful. And I would agree with that. They weren't making the yeah. playoffs. They were out of it. They insert Geno Smith, break up Eli Manning's streak. People were upset. My editor to this day hates the Seahawks. Can't stand Geno Smith. He said maybe he'll get over it. But he hates Ben McAdoo even more for that. Right. But I will say that, as to your point, if it was the end of the road for Derek Carr, then yes, I, I could see, you know, let him string it out, let him have his victory lap. But he, as you said, we're assuming now, based on what David said, he's going to continue to play. Mm-hmm. And you separate now, but when it's all said and done, when the dust settles, again, right. as I said, he will have his time. Yeah, and your point about the Eli Manning situation with McAdoo was was – all he had to do was play him. He could have played him two series and his right. record would have stayed alive. So, right. so that was, that was completely disrespectful. And in fact, right. not only disrespectful, but a big F you, which is even worse. So uh, mm-hmm. I totally get that. All right. We're going to take our final break. When we come back, we'll get a couple more questions here on silver and black today, the Raider nation mailbag edition for this Friday. You're with Mo and Scott. Don't go anywhere. We're coming right back. eBay motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly. So there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome back. Happy Friday, Raider Nation. It is the Raider Nation mailbag edition of the show, Silver and Black. Today, we are an Odyssey original podcast. You can also hear us on Sundays, 9 a.m. on 98.5, the fan in Las Vegas, if you like to hear us on the radio. Our voices get a little deeper on the radio because of the bass coming out of that for some reason. But anyway, you can check us out there. Make sure you also follow us on Twitter, Mo Moton, M-O-E-M-O-T-O-N. I am at L-V Gully, the show SNB, the three letters, SNB today, where you can interact with us and sometimes, sometimes, just sometimes get us mad, but very rarely. Uh, but you could do that. All right. We're going to delve into the rest of our mailbag. This one is for you, Mo, and has nothing to do with food or dating. 
It says, uh, Mo, if the Raiders can't sign Josh Jacobs, what do they do at running back? Do they go after a free agent or do they draft another rookie? Love you guys. Dennis in Las Vegas. So Dennis wants to know, what are they going to do if the Josh Jacobs marriage ends like the Derek Carr marriage end? I actually think you didn't draft the running back because typically you don't want to spend money at the running back position because it is the position with the most turnover among offensive positions, because a guy can come and go. He could be a rushing title champion one year and get hurt the next year. We've seen that with Jonathan Taylor. I know uh, Scott hears that begrudgingly because Jonathan Taylor's on his fantasy team, (laughs) but um, you, you typically don't want to spend outside money on a running back. Uh, you, you're typically looking for a bargain at that position if you can't keep your own homegrown guy. So if it's not Josh Jacobs, it's going to be Zamir White and probably another draft pick. I would say Zamir White should have gotten more touches. I know Josh Jacobs is playing out of his mind, but I just feel like they could have snuck in more snaps for Zamir White to see if he can handle the workload just in case they can't keep Josh Jacobs. But I would expect, I, and I know before, and I was wrong about this. I said Josh Jacobs would probably be out of the picture for the Raiders regardless of what he does. It turns out we, we could really be wrong about this because from what Josh Jacobs says, he wants to stay with the Raiders. And it is, all depends on is James Ziegler, how much is he mm. willing to spend on him? Josh Jacobs is probably going to win the 2022 rushing title. So a lot of yeah. us didn't predict that happening. So it was extraordinary no. circumstances too that he comes out and he's probably going to be the rushing title champion. So that type of player, homegrown, coming off his best year, you want to keep that guy. I think there's a strong possibility they franchise tag. And remember, Josh Jacobs can be franchise tag, and it'll probably be less than paying him. And it will be probably less than playing, paying him $16 million a year. So I think that option is on the table. He probably won't like that because he wants that long-term security. But I think from a business point of view, the Raiders would be smart to franchise tag Josh Jacobs and possibly work on a long-term deal, and we'll see. Yeah, and I think the franchise tag thing also helps them see, okay, so so you didn't stay healthy any other year but this year, right, mm-hmm. which you mentioned. So yep. give them another year to prove it, uh, and and then then you can give them a deal. So so we'll see what happens there. And, and it's really interesting, and I'm not saying they're correlated. Maybe he just – I think I mentioned it a couple – it was on the postgame show, Mo, um, before, maybe it was on Wednesday show, uh, where I mentioned that I believe – Ever since the Derek Carr thing happened, Josh Jacobs has been much more vocal uh, with the media in, from the locker room perspective. Um, not anything against Derek Carr or anything like that. Just he's been much more vocal. He's never been that guy. I think everybody's kind of defaulted, hey, Carr is the guy who speaks for the offense, and you let Derek do his thing, and the rest of us just kind of fill in. Josh Jacobs seems to be relishing and taking on that role and been very, I think, aggressive in saying that he wants to remain a Raider. Not just a, hey, yeah, I'd love to stay here. He, he emphatically states that he wants to stay there. So to me, that tells me if they can't get to a deal or they're concerned with it, um, that, that they, they do tag him. But is there a way to tag him where he's not going to get upset about it? Yeah, that's the thing. It's what does he want? If, he, if he's saying, look, I want a long-term deal, I'm not going to be happy if I don't get one, then that could be a problem. Right. But the other point, to your point about him being more vocal, just remember the players pushed for him to be a captain late in the season. Yes, exactly. I think that, that's now he did say I'm not going to go about business any differently as a captain, but I think hearing him talk to the media and hearing him be strong about look, I want to be here. I think bodes well for him staying. Now, again, once negotiations kick off, things can get a little, you know, 
tense and sour, but <laughs> I, if I'm Dave Ziegler and Josh McDaniels, I want that guy in a Raider uniform for the long term, especially yeah. coming off his best year. However you can get it done, you know, you keep him in-house because right now you can argue that he's the best running back in the league with, with Derrick Henry kind of coming down his numbers, Nick Chubb tapering off at the end of the year. Josh Jacobs has been consistent. Yeah, and with a deal too, but you, so you don't hamstring yourself, you can structure these deals. I mean, there's the teams now have guys or women in house who do these contract structures, so you can back end a lot of the deal, so it doesn't kill you. Um, and a lot of that's not even guaranteed. I mean, there's going to be guaranteed money. You get a big, nice, huge bonus up front, um, but at the same time, they spread it out so that it's not going to hurt him. Knowing that, even in Josh Jacobs with what he's doing, you know, three years, four years, maybe. So you, yeah, you want a five year deal. But you're lucky if you get th- if you get to year four of a five year deal with a with a running back these days. So we'll see. All right, uh, Dennis, thanks, man. Appreciate that question. It's a good one. We haven't had one about the running back situation in a while. All right, our last question of the day before you guys all get to your weekend and then tomorrow being game day for the Raiders. By the way, don't forget post game show live. Uh, you can hear it or see it live on YouTube anywhere you stream video, Twitch, Twitter, Facebook. And then within the hour after the show is over, you can also get the podcast version of that well as well. Uh, all right. It says, Scott and Mo, I heard you guys say you think Patrick Graham is back next year. How can that be when his defense has continuously blown second half leads and just seems to be lost at times? That's Neil in San Jose. And Mo, I'll start with this one because because number one, I, I had and I still have some doubts about Patrick Graham. But I will say that the defense overall has gotten better in spots. And I'm not in any way exonerating the defense for their poor play. But I will tell you that the lack of complimentary football late in these games, this is why we've been very critical of Josh McDaniels, has been a big part of why they've blown big leads at the end because they've been on the field so long. They don't have the talent to begin with. So you have to limit the time as much as possible when you're short bodies whether it be injuries or just talent level. And so to me, that's why it's a nuanced answer. And number three, I would say is how can you want a fourth defensive coordinator in, in four years? I think the stability issue there is he has to be given an opportunity with players who fit the system, who have a higher level of talent and upside than he has now. If you look at the draft class, how much draft help did, the defensive side of the ball get that was actually on the field for significant snaps. Matthew Butler and Neil Farrell Jr. That's it. You know, so you got to look at it as they're probably saying, okay, the defense didn't play well for stretches. It could have been better in certain areas, obviously. But we didn't give outside of adding Chandler Jones, Deron Harmon on the back end. How much? How much did we invest in Patrick Graham's system with new players? Yeah. I think anytime you bring in a new coach staff, you're, that coach staff is going to want not to just inherit the players and turn those guys into pro bowlers or, or certified starters, but that new coach staff is going to want some of their flavor, some of their touch, some of their guys that they draft, they sign on that roster before they make a, a decision to move on from a coordinator. So I think he gets another year. The Raiders draft go heavy on the defense in the draft, maybe yeah. pick up a, a defender or two in free agency. And then they see where Patrick Graham is before they make a move to fire him or keep it. Right. And, and I, th- I thought we saw, and it's, it's stepped step back a little bit now with some of the injuries, but I, we saw that defensive line get better. Again, I, they don't have enough talent on the inside. When they injected Tillery there, it got better. 
and you saw Chandler Jones freed up a little more. He started to come along. Uh, and then, of course, Max Crosby is Max Crosby. So you saw that, but then you lost to injury Denzel Perryman twice this year now. And so it's been very inconsistent. You just haven't had the body. So I get what you're saying, Neil, because on the face of it, yes, they're giving up these late leads, but I think you have to factor in all, all the things Mo said. There was no investment on the defense. And I think fans overall, when they talk to me, they're right. They have to invest significantly in the draft on the defense. That does not mean they can't get a quarterback if that's what they want to do early on. But for the rest of the time and whatever other draft capital they're able to obtain, that's what they can do. I mean, they still, I know linebacker isn't what it used to be, but they still need a key linebacker in there. Denzel Perriman, if he comes back, still aging, they need somebody there. They need safeties. They need cornerbacks. They need interior defense. And I think even another edge player. So, so there's a lot of needs there, Mo. These are my three red flags for Patrick Graham as a reason. If you want to argue that he should be fired. Mm-hmm. And we said this multiple times. Two guys in that secondary who we thought was gonna were gonna make a big leap. May Hobbs, Trayvon Merrick regressed. <laughs> they yeah. spent a lot of money on Bilal Nichols at that position. He he was guaranteed seven point one million or more. Hasn't played up to that contract. So they brought in a guy that underwhelmed, and two guys that we thought should be taking second year leaps regressed. Yeah. So if you know those are the red flags for me about Patrick Graham. If he's gonna keep his job. Merrick Hobbs, if they keep Bilal Nichols around, those guys have to play a lot better in 2023. Yeah, and Bilal Nichols came in with, um, oh, why am I forgetting his name, from the Bears, from the front office that came over with Ziegler. Uh, Chip Kelly. Chip oh, Kelly. Chip so, Ke- and I'm sure <laughs> Chip, Chip Kelly. Kelly. Um, not Chip Champ Kelly. Kelly. Champ, Champ Kelly. Kelly. Thank you, not Chip. <laughs> not Chip. Chip's at <laughs> <in> UCLA. <laughs> he's at UCLA now, getting players out of the, the Mac. It's very interesting from the portal. Uh, but nonetheless... So, yeah, I mean, Champ Bailey brought Bilal Nichols over, I'm sure, right? And and so they took a flyer on him. That's not a good move uh, for the front office either. So we'll see. But, but yeah, Neil, I think I think he gets one more year um, for sure, and we'll see with some talent if they get him the talent he needs, and then you can evaluate. But to your point, Mo, those two players, Hobbs and Morag, uh, going backwards is not a good sign. So uh, there are definitely troubling. There's some smoke there. Let's see if it's fire or if maybe it was just a, a bad year. It happens that way too. All right, my friend, go ahead. Stick Hobbs back in the slot if need be. Yes, we talked about that. A lot. We talked about that. He he kind of switched, not kind of, he played a different role this Playing year. Played on the out, outside yeah. more than the slot. When he was good as a rookie, he was <clears> primarily in the slot. I would think that could be back on the table to move him back primarily to the slot position. Yeah, and I didn't think about it too, but on the other side of the coin for Patrick Graham in that, that defensive back room is uh, Amik Robertson has really emerged as a really good, solid NFL player, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, so he improved mm-hmm. significantly as the year went on, um, mm-hmm. and so that's a good sign. So so you see, you can go both ways. We'll see how it ends up. Mm-hmm. All right, Mo, we are done for the week. Uh, I will be back tomorrow with Murph and Evan on the postgame show. We will talk to you next. On Tuesday, the season will be officially over for the Raiders. I'll be cheering and rooting you guys and watching you guys from the nearest taco spot in Brooklyn. So <laughs> there you go. Team player you, over here. You, you get much better tacos in Brooklyn than I get in Cincinnati. <laughs> I used to get great ones in Vegas and of course, San Diego when I lived there, but uh, it's not a great taco town here in Cincinnati. A lot of sausage. 
I mean, I like German sausage and all, but it's not like my thing. I did find a couple good taco shops here, so I shouldn't complain. I got enough, and plus I don't need any more tacos. So it's all good. All right, Mo, we'll talk to you on Tuesday. We'll talk to you on Tuesday. All right, for everybody here at Silver and Black Today and Odyssey Original Podcast, including our producer David Sipanian and Mr. Mo Moten, I am Scott Colbranson. We appreciate you guys being with us. Make sure you subscribe to the show wherever you get your podcasts. Also, head up on YouTube, subscribe to the channel where you can also watch the show and take part in our live chat there have a great weekend everybody tomorrow is game day enjoy week 18 of the Raiders season we'll see how Jared Stidham does and we will be talking to you after the game bye bye everybody